This is Masters in Travel, a rendezvous at the intersection of travel and business to accelerate your success. I'm your host, Whitney, owner of Undiscovered Sunsets. Each episode, we have one goal in mind, to share experiences, insights, and resources to help you maximize your potential. Masters in Travel is a podcast, community, and academy for travel advisors by travel advisors, and I'm so glad to have you join the conversation. Get ready to become a master in travel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Masters in Travel. I'm your host, Whitney. I would like to invite you for a moment to think back to the beginning of your journey as a travel advisor. How did you start? And what were your thoughts, worries, fears, and insecurities around, quote unquote, actually making money as a travel advisor? Did you dive in head first, having no doubts at all, and simply knew that a good dose of grit and focus would fill up your bank account? (laughs) If this was you, kudos. This was definitely not me, nor my guest today. After officially starting your business, for how long did you wonder, is this really going to work? How long is it going to take? When will I know that it's working? Did you work a part-time or a full-time job to support yourself while building and growing your travel business on the side? Or did you focus 100% of your energy on your business from the start with the financial support of a partner or perhaps a large savings account in those first few months? However you started your journey, I will venture to guess that some worry and some uncertainty was always in the back of your mind. If you're listening today and you're currently in this position, just know we see you and we're here to support you. We've all been through it. If you're listening today and you're no longer in this position, congratulations to you, as that means you've already overcome a tremendous hurdle to building, growing, and sustaining a travel business. Today, I'm very excited to invite an advisor who has been in the Masters in Travel community and think tank for almost two years and who I've had the pleasure to watch grow her business slow and steady to the milestone she's just reached, quitting her full-time job and going full-time as a travel advisor. Lena Sutton is the owner of Go Wonder Travel Co. Lena, congratulations again and again and again. And thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. And I'm so happy to be here. So we're officially on day two of full-time travel advisor? Yeah, day two. (laughs) Super exciting. Okay, so let's go back. Tell me, if we go all the way back to the beginning, what originally drew you to wanting to be a travel advisor? How did this start for you? Oh, gosh. So... I think the usual generic answer, like everyone, right? We all love travel. There's no, you know, secret to that. But I think I remember at a certain point thinking, how cool would it be if there was a job where you could just plan trips for people and you get paid to do it? But in my head, that didn't exist because my, what I thought a travel agent was back then was just, you know, a call center or you're like ticketing air or things like that. It, I mm-hmm. had no idea it would eventually evolve to something like what we do now. So I was kind of that person who sort of, I felt like always had like, you know, one foot on either side of the line. Like there was like the very practical part of me who was like, I'm going to go to college and get my master's degree and like do this like very traditional track of like what I want to do. Chose a career in social work, which I, you know, had a really big love for at the time. You know, I still absolutely appreciate it as a profession. But then there was always this other part of me that felt like, I like, what would it have been like to just not do the traditional thing and like go after something that was more of a passion of mine and a little bit more against the grain. So when I studied abroad in college, that really kind of like lit that fire under me of like, what am I doing with my life? You know, (laughs) all those little like quarter life crises you have in college, which feel very (laughs) dramatic. 
And you're like, what have I been doing <laughs> all this time in school? And so I, and actually before I went to grad school, I was considering my backup plan if I didn't get in was I'm just going to go live abroad. Like that, that was my plan. Like that's what I want to do. But I got in and instead of deferring, I was like, all right, well, this is what I'm doing. <laughs> and so it was still always in the back of my mind. And I'd had a couple of friends who said, you know, I feel like you'd be really good at something like this. And I'm like, well, I just don't know, like, is there an infrastructure for that? I don't know, like, what the career path is to something like that. So for some context, I worked as a medical social worker for about 10 years. And so I would say it was probably back in 2017 when I started to feel not like quite burnt, burnt out at that time, but I started realizing, like, I don't think I can do this forever. Like, I love it, but it's just... I don't foresee myself doing this for the long term anymore. So I started looking into what some other options would be. And at the time, the pipe dream was, hey, do something to work from home. And, you know, starting a travel agency was something that kept popping up, which is something that had always been in the back of my mind. And of course, there was some literature on how to do this, but not a ton. Not a ton. (laughs) (laughs) And even though I never had envisioned being an entrepreneur, the thought honestly scared the crap out of me. Like my dad used to tell me, oh, you'd be a great entrepreneur. And it's like, dad, you're insane. Like, I don't want to manage a business. I don't want to have all that responsibility. And do all these things and fast forward and here we are doing all the things. Here we are. I bet your dad is so proud. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I guess maybe your parents know a thing or two sometimes, right? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I, so I'm like, all right, we'll, we'll start this. And I think like a lot of people, I didn't know what other options there were. So I kind of just took the plunge and went on my own, but you know, I did it alongside another job. So I wasn't just leaving and starting a full business and, you know, just putting everything into that. So from, from getting started, you made the decision immediately that this was going to essentially be a side gig at the start. Mm -hmm. And that's already a really big decision in and of itself, because a full-time job is a lot of work. And then basically committing to yourself that any free time that you have outside of that full-time job is going to be dedicated to this side gig that you hope kind of, you know, works out well. But that in and of itself, I think is a really big decision. Yeah, it's huge. And it's helpful that I didn't yet have any children when this started. The strain was definitely worse after, you know, my son was born. But in the beginning too, it was, you know, the timing of starting my business and dabbling in it. And I think I've shared with you before, Whitney, I kind of just you know, I just spent a lot of time trying to learn, although it was more of a throwing spaghetti at the wall kind of situation. Like I was investing time in learning, but didn't feel like I was actually receiving the knowledge I was seeking. And I kind of just booked things on occasion as someone reached out to me for like, you know, smaller trips, friends and family. I didn't really do much outside of my personal circle. So it wasn't until my son was born, I kind of like took a step back from everything, wanted to just focus on being, you know, a new mom. And after I went back to work, I really realized, you know, like I really just, you know, I'm so burnt out. I can't do this anymore. I really want to like reevaluate my travel business. Like I just sat down and thought, I want to have a whole new vision for this, like redo my branding, redo, like what is my niche? It just kind of like start from scratch in terms of the vision for my business and decided, I think I want to start giving this a shot and seeing like, is it possible for me to actually do this as a career? So there I was with the baby and then, you know, 
2020 happened. So, cause that was around that time I made that decision. So instead of my, my goal was after going back from maternity leave and realizing I don't want to do this anymore. I was going to transition to like being a stay at home mom, which is not easy either. And mm-hmm. trying to juggle my business alongside that and growing it that way. But then when the pandemic happened, you know, my husband and I decided financially not right. the best thing. I had no idea how it was going to go on for. So I went back and stayed in my social work position for a while while I built this alongside of it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's it's important to acknowledge and also kind of accept the baby steps that need to happen along the way. So it sounds like when you got started, it was your inner circle, it was your friends and family. And this is your way to see, does this work as a side gig? Does this work as a business? But it's also your way to see, do I even like this? You know, because Mm -hmm. I think that there are so many jobs, whether related to the travel industry or not, that from the outside looking in, you're like, oh, that sounds great. Like that job sounds awesome. And so many people say that to us, right? Like, I would love your job. And I'm like, well, Mm -hmm. you don't really know like (laughs) half of what I actually do on a daily basis. It, you might love my job, but I would say the majority of people who think they would love it, like just have no idea. Mm -hmm. So when you take these baby steps it seems like those first few years of planning for your inner circle, it what you saw and what you experienced was, I do like this and I would like this to be bigger. And then thanks to the pandemic, it kind of slowed it down a little bit. It did. And I, and I hate to use this as saying it's like a blessing in disguise because obviously it was a horrible thing. And I really feel for all my colleagues who had built successful businesses at that time that you know, we're really struggling, but it did make me reevaluate everything. And since everything was on pause, I had all the time in the world. Well, aside from having a newborn baby, but I had all the other time in the world to really, you know, just focus on education. And I don't know what set me on the search for podcasts, but I came across Travel Pro Theory and started listening to that podcast. And then I found out Mm -hmm. about Masters in Travel and started listening Mm -hmm. to that podcast. And my mind literally just exploded. It light bulbs just kept going off about all the things I didn't know. And this mm-hmm. was just a gold mine of information that I had been wanting to know. Like, sure, I knew how to book travel, but I didn't know all the inner workings of the industry. I didn't know anything about like the client experience and everything from a business perspective and just all those things that are so important. Yeah. So for that, I think I'm grateful that it just it came at like the timing was just right because it just gave me the chance at the right time to reevaluate everything I was doing and to essentially just go on this ginormous quest for knowledge and become this giant sponge. And so I want to say it wasn't until what early 2021, right? When you launched the community. Correct. And yep. yeah. And so at that point, I think things were. I was still like, you know, I had some sales things were very slowly growing, but I really wasn't making any headway. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't know like how to make the roadmap to achieve my goals. You know, I just was kind of lost shooting in the dark. Uh-huh. So I was like, oh, this sounds like a really great opportunity. And at the time, because I was not bringing in hardly like really any revenue, right. it was a little terrifying to say, I'm going to invest this in my business. And, but you know what? It paid off and I paid it out of my own pocket. And it is, I tell everyone it is single-handedly the best investment that I made and continue to make in my business. I would do that, it 10 times over again. I mean, that means everything because that was that was always my vision is 
no more throwing spaghetti at the wall. No more, like people need a roadmap. Every business owner needs a roadmap. Nobody should be doing it alone. And I'm so, so, so proud that I maybe 60% of the community are advisors in their first three years of business, which means that they are choosing to invest money that they don't have a lot of, you know, like the big commissions Mm -hmm. aren't coming in yet and they don't have a full book of business yet, but they're choosing to invest in something like the community. And that just shows me and all of the other more experienced advisors in the community of like, these people are serious, right? Like they're here to build their business and to get it done. And I just, I love that so much. So paint the picture for us a little bit from the moment that you decided I'm going to get focused. I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to invest in, you know, the masters in travel community and think tank, which I'm currently paying out of my pocket. You know, commissions aren't covering this. I'm going to rebrand. I'm going to really hone in on my niche. And I'm also still doing this alongside a full-time job. Paint the picture for us of what this really looked like to be dedicated more than ever to your travel business, but having it still be on the side of a full-time commitment. Yeah. So it often felt like there just were not enough hours in the day. And now a lot of that strain and demand didn't come until probably sometime in, you know, maybe later 2021, just because Mm -hmm. again, I was building from the bottom up essentially. Yes. So, but once I, even so, even when my volume wasn't really high to start with, I was doing everything for the first time. Exactly. So everything was just slower, you know, figure out who Mm -hmm. to work with and, you know, everyone knows the process. So that part was tough. It definitely looked like a lot of nights and weekends, too many (laughs) nights and weekends. And, And the other thing too, I think that it felt a little bit like being on a hamster wheel. Like I knew that I need to grow my business in order to quit my job. But then at times I felt impossible to do that, you know? So it was like, I need to grow my business to quit my job, but I need to quit my job in order to grow Uh my business. Like what? Exactly. I mean, it just seems like a really impossible situation. Right. So, I mean, I try to maximize, you know, every moment I could, like if I could sneak on, you know, a webinar or what have you. But at the same time, I think I had to really just come to terms with the I just could not take advantage of all the opportunities that I wanted to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I did have to miss out on a lot of fam opportunities that I thought might be great or, you know, webinars or, you know, whatever it may be, conferences, things like that. Those things had to be sacrificed. But, you know, the spin of that is that it also made me be very, very intentional. So although I felt like I was missing out, it made me just think about those things so much more critically Mm -hmm. and to really make sure that, you know, what I was investing my, not just my money, but my time in because I was so limited, you know? So yeah, on like a day in the life kind of basis is what this looks like. So when I was in my previous position and I was working for a health system And the commute was about 45 minutes to an hour. And by the time I did daycare drop-off and all that, it was about an hour from the time I left my house. So I would get up around 5.30 in the morning or so, get my son and I ready, go to work, listen to a podcast on the way. That way at least was doing something with travel (laughs) in my day. So, and then, you know, get off of work, pick him up from daycare, come home. By the time we get home at 6, 6 6.30 PM with the commute. So have to rush, do dinner, do bath, get him in bed. Hopefully he's, you know, 
it was bed easily that night. Yep. And so we're Which looking is, at- You just never know how that's going to go. <laughs> right? So then we're looking at 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock. And that was when my clock started for this is time to work on my business. So not a whole lot of time for anything else in there. So when things would get busy, it would result in me staying up until 1, 2, 3 in the morning, which is crazy because I had to get up at 5.30 and rinse and repeat. This so yeah, it was insane. Not recommended. I do not recommend you do that to yourself. The sleep deprivation is horrible and very hard to function like that. So yeah. I, so this was around 2022. So yeah, like it was like last wave season, like Q1 last year, yep. mm-hmm. but it was just bananas. And I'm like, I don't think I can do this again. Like I can't go through another season that feels like this. It's not sustainable. So at that point, I like I still wasn't at a point where I felt confident to leave my job altogether, but an opportunity came up for me to transition out of like a traditional on-site social work role to a patient navigation role. And that okay. role was remote. And so, Ooh. you know, hopefully no HR is listening, but you know, that whole, like, I'm just going to try to juggle two jobs at once remotely. Right. So I'm not condoning that you should do this. I'm just telling you what I sort of did. So, <laughs> I mean, if you haven't been in this position at once in your life, have you really had a corporate job? <laughs> right. So I was like, oh, hey, remote, I can get my work done and then, you know, have more space for my business. So I very strategically switched to that position. So internally with the same company. And I didn't expect, though, that I'd only be there for a year. I thought I would make it at least a few more years. But I think that having the space of more time allowed my business to grow more than I thought. That's amazing. That's amazing. I mean, that right there you prove to yourself that taking out a two hour commute round trip every single day that, I mean, that alone is, is a lot of time in a week. That's 10 hours in yeah. a week. Right. And yeah. then just being able to really maximize your time while you are at home and, you know, throw some laundry in here and there and like prep some dinner in the afternoon, like just those little mm-hmm. time hacks that you're able to do when you work from home, like that alone showed tremendous growth in your business. And that's incredible. That's really amazing. So you started, you had this opportunity, but you still thought you would be working full time, but with this kind of hybrid situation for a few years, why did you think that it would take a few years? Did you have a certain level that you wanted to achieve with your business before you fully stepped away and you thought that would take a few years or like, what was the thought process behind, you know, this is still going to be a a side gig situation for a few more years. Yeah. So, I mean, a little bit of that. And then also I will say a lot of it was just fear from my financial perspective. So the reason why the few years was because that benchmark meant that my kiddo would be in kindergarten and that means no more daycare expenses. And so I think in my head, like I just wanted the security of knowing like we have one less bill on our plate that way. Like if it is a slow month or whatever, like we're not stressed about it. So that was my main reason. But then when I was reviewing my end of year for 2022, I realized, okay, you know, I have enough business right now to meet the minimum financially that I'm comfortable contributing to our household. Do I Mm -hmm. ideally want it to be more? Yes. Yes. But I'm at the minimum that I need. And I knew from taking that step, as you mentioned, when I had more time, my business grew. So 
even though I'm not at my ideal revenue quite yet, I knew I made this much progress. If I can take this leap now, and I know even if I don't continue to improve, I can sustain financially for you know what our family needs. Yeah. So that was really what you know kind of sparked that in me of I need to do this now. And the other thing was that because I had made so much progress and things were starting to get busy again because you know I was filling up that time with more business. Yep. So the more time I, you have, the more time you fill, right? Exactly. So I began really worrying about slowing down that momentum and that scared me more. So I had to talk with my husband who Mm -hmm. is, you know, he's a very practical numbers kind of guy, right? And you need at least one of those in a relationship. (laughs) And so I was really worried he was going to be like, well, show me all the spreadsheets and let's do this and let's calculate all these things. And because I had talked about it before and he's like, you know, well, you know, let's just wait a little longer. Let's just wait. And I think like, I just, I showed him, I'm like, look what I did. This is what I can do next year. Like I have to do this. Like if it's, I felt like it was like, you know, a sink or swim situation. Like if I don't make this transition now, I feel like I'm going to miss this window of opportunity. And I just, I don't want to slow down the momentum of what I built. Yeah, I worked you might too hard for this. Stop the momentum or stall it. Yeah. Right. And so he was like, okay, you don't have to keep convincing me. Like let's, you you know your business. Let's do it. And I was like, really? <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So I was like, all right. I'm like, I'll keep working for just like a couple more months, just because you know I was looking at my Q1. And I said, but I think that this will be a good time to transition out. And so yeah. So here we are. That is. So I know that a lot of people don't really love spreadsheets and don't really love numbers, but I will always go back to the numbers because everything that you've just described you were able to make these decisions based on the data that you had at your you know at your disposal of your business you were able to look this is what i did year 1 this is what i did year 2 look at the growth when i had a little bit more time each day still not full time you know look at the trajectory of this if i don't do this i might actually stunt the growth of my business and that that could actually be like turn into long term repercussions right because when momentum goes you don't want to slow it down right yeah. And all of that yeah. comes from data. It's incredible. I mean, good for you for just having the numbers and keeping the numbers and using numbers to support this decision. I think that that's also, that's a really important takeaway, I think. It is so important, which is why I was very happy that I was forced to look at everything in my business last year when you had the goals workshop. It was very painful. It was very painful. <laughs> <laughs> but it also, like, without that, I wouldn't have known where the gaps were. And I was able to address those in that year. I mean, just seeing the difference between the previous year. I mean, of course, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic as well. But even so, just looking at those two numbers was incredible. But then also, it's really great for when, you know, those mindset things still creep in. After I made this decision, I felt very confident in it. And I knew the numbers were there. And so I proceeded forward with it. But I'm not going to lie, as soon as I actually told my manager that I'm giving my oh, notice, uh-huh. yeah. all of a sudden, reality hit. And all through January, I was panicking because I kept thinking, oh, I'm not as busy as I should be. I'm not getting as many inquiries as I should be. Like, what's going on? Like, I thought I was busier last year. I looked back at my inquiry tracker and I had like double the inquiries and double the close. Tra- like, it just didn't. Right. Like, That's it didn't amazing, make- but it didn't feel like it. No, For whatever it reason, like whether... It whether it was fear or whether it was your business running smoother, 
and you Mm -hmm. getting better at what you do, like whatever reason is behind it, the reality was the complete opposite of what your emotions were telling you. Holy crap. Which is why it's so important to have that information. You have to have numbers. That calmed my anxiety a bit, you know, because I was like, okay, like this is crazy. Like this is just my emotions getting the best of me. I'm just scared because I'm making this really big transition. It's going to be fine. So yeah, more than fine. Track, track, it's going to be awesome. Okay. So, I mean, I definitely didn't think that we were going to go like the spreadsheet route in this conversation, but (laughs) if we, (laughs) I know you always like to talk about a good spreadsheet. (laughs) I mean, I'm here for it. (laughs) This is a welcome diversion. (laughs) So what would you say for people who are in their first few years of business, still kind of on this trail of is this ever going to be consistent? When am I going to know that this feels good? When when can I feel comfortable to make a transition to quit a part-time or full-time job? What are the specific numbers if you gave me the top three that you tracked and that led to guiding you to make the decisions that you've made over the last six months? Yeah. So for me, the two biggest things, I mean, I looked at, of course, like the revenue was most important. So what revenue I made from fees and what revenue I made from commissions and then also like the number of inquiries. And then within the number of inquiries, like with that inquiry tracker that we have, you know, I look at where is it a repeat referral? Is it a new client? Or I look at what type of trip are they requesting? Like, is this an inquiry that's a good fit or not? Am I just getting ones that aren't matching what I'm trying to market? Because when you track that and you have those trends, you can see where that's improving. So last year, I definitely had a lot more inquiries that were just very off the mark of what I wanted to plan in terms of budget, in terms of destination. And now like, you know, I still get those, but not nearly as many. So to me, that's, you know, that shows me that I'm doing something right in what I'm Mm -hmm. putting out to the universe. So I would say tracking those numbers and also your I guess I'm getting to like what four numbers here, but your expenses too, Mm -hmm. just being cognizant of what you are investing your time and money in. Yep. Amazing. Okay. So total revenue, commissions and fees. And I guess you look at it monthly, but then also annually, just kind of quarterly. You have like a, or yep, Mm -hmm. quarterly total expenses and total number of inquiries with a bit of an additional breakdown of, of all the inquiries coming in each month how many of these are really good fits and those that aren't just to have a sense of are all of my other efforts in terms of marketing and just networking and talking about my business. Are they, are they working? Mm -hmm. So not only when you looked this January versus last January, for example, you saw that the total number of inquiries doubled and that a higher percentage of those inquiries were more aligned than the previous year. Yes, for sure. That's incredible. That's amazing. So you shared earlier that you were envisioning getting your son all the way to kindergarten and so that we would have that less expense. And I think that you kind of shared a little bit about the momentum, but I think that another calculation or data point that is really important to highlight that you mentioned previously is that you knew what the bare minimum income on a monthly basis was that you wanted to contribute to your family. And so you had I, I don't want to say that that's a finish line because that doesn't mean that your journey ends. But I think that as business owners, it's not a finish. It's not a start line to a finish line. It's mm-hmm. a start line to milestones along the journey. And it's always yes. a journey, right? 
And mm-hmm. so you identified that milestone of, okay, if I am really going to step away, not only do I have the data of my business in terms of total fees, total commissions, total expenses, these total increase, these types of things, but also looking at the money in my bank, this is the bare, the milestone we're reaching for is the bare minimum I'd like to contribute to my family on a monthly basis. And so how old is your son? How close three is he and a half. He's three and a half. So a year. We have and like a half year and a half mm-hmm. from kindergarten. So he goes to 4K next year. So we get a little bit of a discount, which is nice. Sure. Not much, but. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, I mean, by tracking your data, but then also establishing that milestone, you were able to take this leap a year and a half earlier than you originally anticipated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that milestone is a goal, right? I think that not only do I hear a lot of fear around spreadsheets and numbers, but I also hear a lot of stress that is centered around goal setting. Sometimes people think, you know, I've heard that goal setting is just really hard or it's stressful. It feels like a lot of pressure. I don't know how to approach it. But also I would argue that without data and without goals, we're kind of like, we don't know where we're going. Right. We're just like a fast moving vehicle with absolutely no control or direction. Mm-hmm. Right. And so by setting that milestone, you were actually didn't, it sounds like you didn't have to get all the spreadsheets out for your husband. You just kind of said, Hey, we've reached this milestone. And he said, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> That's incredible. I think that that milestone piece is also really, really important, important for anyone who's looking to make a transition. And this is totally off topic. And this will be a different conversation, but the milestones don't stop. So you set that milestone for when to transition out of your full-time job. And I recently set a milestone of when I was ready to hire my first employee. And it was similar, tracking my revenue, tracking my commissions, tracking my inquiries, tracking my expenses, and preparing both mentally and financially for how am I going to know when I'm ready to hire an employee? And I reached that milestone and I took the plunge. And I think that that was, you know, when I think back to like a year, a year and a half ago and knowing that I really wanted to do this, but then questioning, how am I going to know when it's the right time? I'm like, yes, that is like like the biggest question, right? Like (laughs) the biggest vague unknown variable of like, what's going to, it's like, is something going to happen? Am I going to get struck by lightning or somebody going to say, now is the time quit your full-time job. (laughs) Right. Like it's a risk. And I am generally a fairly risk averse person, which is why I told my father all the time ago, I should not be an entrepreneur. (laughs) So I like to do things that are a little bit more safe. And so for me, that was, it was really scary. It's a very scary step to take. And so it amazed me when I finally had that confidence to be like, no, like I need to do this right now. I never thought I would get to that point where I felt right. like I would so know sure. it was the right time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, aside from just feeling the strain of my business, plus, you know, having the numbers there, it just, it made sense. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the masters and travel community a little bit. I, I know what it's like to build a business without a community. <laughs> Because that's the only experience that I have in the first five years of my business, which is why I started the community. But I don't have the personal experience of what it's like to be in those first few years of business surrounded by people like this. You know, I have my vision and and what I hope that the community does, but I can't actually speak on this part from personal experience. So in your words, I'm curious to know 
how did you decide to to make the leap to invest in something like this? And then when you did, what is it about this type of community environment that you feel made such an impact on your business over the last two years? Yeah. So one, I felt like I was like just grasping onto anything that could, where I could just learn more. And I felt like I didn't really have anything to lose at that point. I had been, you know, granted not running my business, you know, in any consistent capacity up to that point, but I still just felt very lost and didn't have a lot of sense of direction and decided, you know, I have to change something and I need to invest in my personal and professional development in order to make this successful. And I remember having that meeting with you before joining the community and talking to me about, you know, what my goals were and all of that. And you, it still sticks with me because you told me, or you asked me, what, like, what would it do for you if you could just double your revenue in your business? And I was like, what revenue? <laughs> like, I don't really have any. So, you know, sure. We'll just like, I don't have anything to lose. So yeah, let's, let's do this. <laughs> and it was amazing. Cause then, you know, a year later, I, you know, was telling you, was reflecting on, you know, after just being in the community for one year, how much growth I went from, like hardly not having any sales or any business, or if I did this, I wasn't making money on the type of travel I was booking. Mm -hmm. So to go from that to seeing the growth and not just in my revenue, but just to see the growth in myself and the confidence in myself that had transpired from that. And for me, I think it's because the community is just very conducive to how I learn best. I really do, you know, enjoy and love working independently. You have to if you are an entrepreneur and if you're in this type of work. But at the same time, I also really thrive on collaboration. And I learn a lot through conversation. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's why the podcasts were such a great source of education for me, because it's like being a fly in the wall to all these amazing behind the Mm -hmm. scenes conversations and all the things that you're wondering about, but you don't know who to actually ask and how to start Mm -hmm. the conversation. So I really, what I really loved about it was the opportunity to one, meet other people who are maybe in a similar position as me or in a similar journey as me to talk about our successes and struggles. But then on the flip side of that, also meet people who had far surpassed where I currently was and they have built a successful business. And what did their journey look like and what are they doing now? And so I think there's so much beauty in being able to learn from both of those stages in life, like, you know, that's what makes like a perfect community. You need those similarities, but you also thrive on the diversity and the differences. Yep. That's actually my favorite part as well. And I was just talking with an advisor who attended the retreat and I was like, what was your biggest takeaway? And she said, my biggest takeaway is how different everyone's business models are. Like Mm -hmm. it's actually up to me to create the business model. I can actually do this however I want. And I was like, wow, you're right. Like everyone in the community, they're all of our business models are just slightly different. And I'm not talking about niche. I'm not talking about, you know, like, do I book cruises or do I book FITs? It's like everyone's business model is actually slightly different and everyone has a bit of a different approach. And it's just so beautiful to be able to just all come to one conversation and and learn. And I think that I'm similar to you and that I learn a lot from conversation. I can watch a webinar or I can, you know, go to like a workshop or something that's kind of receiving information like in one direction. But when you're able to just ask the questions that like 
everyone's wondering, but no one's asking. I mean, I think that's also my favorite part about the community. It's like, oh, I hired this person and it's so expensive, or I got, you know, I got this contractor, or I got this service, or I'm doing this. And we're all like, cool, but like, how much is it? Like, how, <laughs> how much did you pay that person? Like, how much did you pay for that service? Like, how can I financially prepare for this? And it's just full on 100% transparency and collaboration. And I think mm-hmm. that's the beauty of building a business alongside people who are just in it with you. Yes. And there is such a level of trust. I mean, you're sharing very intimate parts of your business. And for a lot of people, like it can feel really scary to say, this is what my revenue is, or this is what I'm doing. And to have that comfort level of having people that you've formed that kind of connection with that you know are going to be, you know, supportive and constructive mm-hmm. when needed, that's mm-hmm. just invaluable to me. Yep. I love that. So I'm very excited for you. You're on day two of full-time travel advisor. So let's look ahead. What are you most excited about? And what are you most looking forward to in, in, in 2023? Because you have, other than a toddler, like no other distractions, which must right. seem, like, which must be the, I mean, that's a big distraction. Let's not discount that. But also how excited are you? Yeah, I, I'm very excited. Well, one, I'm going to get a lot more sleep. So that's great. <laughs> that is very important. And I just really love like the space and opportunity this opens up for me. I feel like when you're juggling so much, I, there was so often I felt like I was just barely treading water. Like I was just doing what I could do to keep up. I was not spending as much time, you know, on my business as I wanted, as I was in it all the time. Mm-hmm. And there just wasn't room for like these extra creative ideas and innovative endeavors. So I'm excited for what this means for that to, you know, really having the space just to grow my business in that way. And just seeing like, what is the true potential? Like I have built this up until this point, juggling another full-time job. And so now that I have all this time and space and energy, what else is possible? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, I would, I know you will do this, but now I feel like a protective mom that I, I, with the extra time, don't get distracted, like stay as focused and as intentional with your time as you always have been, because I think that that's where you will see just this massive growth in your business. If you suddenly feel like, oh, I have extra time so I can attend a fam or go to a conference or accept these leads that are a little bit less aligned, but now I have time to do it like that, I think will actually pull you back. So mm-hmm. just make sure to stay as focused and, and as intentional as you always have. And I cannot wait to be a spectator to just watch you soar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And that is something else too, that I think that when you do reach these really exciting milestones, it it's a little scary thinking, oh, well now how am I going to replicate that, you know, and Mm -hmm. keep doing it. And so actually that podcast that you had a few episodes back with Alex, I think it was, has Mm -hmm. really been resonating with me and I've been meaning to queue it up again, just to kind of get some refresher on some good work that I can do because Uh it is a very scary leap. And I think that that is probably, you know, when you talk about milestones in your business, that is something that was very huge for me too, as far as the mindset as a business owner. I came from a space where 
I was not very confident in myself as a business owner. And I think that I was very subjected to a lot of just that comparisonism. And I would see, you know, so grateful to know so many incredible people in this industry. And for whatever reason, I never saw myself as that. I never gave myself permission to celebrate my wins and to do these things. I'm okay, well, I did this. Well, you know, now what's next? And I remember actually, so Julie and I, you know, we both went to future leaders and travel and this was a conversation that, you know, came up, you know, while we were there and, you know, we're talking. And the thing is, I'm a little disappointed in myself that I didn't feel like I fully maximized my experience there because so often I kept thinking like, why do I deserve a seat at this table? Which is just nonsense because I made my way there, you know? Yeah. And so I was talking with Julie and, you know, I was talking, I was in that space where I knew like I was wanting to make some big changes in my business and kind of, you know, I think gearing up for this big transition that I didn't really know was going to happen so soon. And just kind of really doubting like where I was and whether or not it was the right time. And am I really good enough? And she looked at me and she says, Lena, you are amazing. And the only difference between me and you is that I actually believe it. And I literally like still get goosebumps every time I hear that because that was just, it was so pivotal for me because I realized like other people see it. Why can't I? And so I told Julie, I said, you know, every time I have, you know, any self-doubt that creeps in, especially as I've been going through this huge transition and this huge decision, and there's been a lot of self-doubt that has tried to creep in. And I told her, like, I remember your words from when we were at that retreat, and it just recenters me so much. So I'm very grateful for her. And, you know, I wouldn't have met her without the community. That is a beautiful story. And I'm so happy to know that her words came in the right moment to impact you in such a positive way and that they've stuck with you to kind of get you through those moments of self-doubt because we all have them. We all have them, no matter how big or small our business is or where we are along the journey. And it's little, little things like that that get us through. And it's, I'm, I'm so happy that that has been the nugget that you've been able to hold on to, to get you through these big moments. Lena, thank you so much for just so openly and honestly sharing your journey with us and, you know, all of the emotions that go behind, you know, this journey and diving into a side gig, which is a lot, right? Like sleep deprivation. Hello. And then (laughs) making the big leap to, to go full time and now really just trust in yourself and trust in your business. Like that is a really big step. And don't forget that because yes, the data is important. And yes, I love the numbers. And yes, you identified the milestone that you wanted to reach and you reached it. And also the confidence you have to have in yourself and in your business in order to make this really big decision and to actually walk into your boss's office and say, I'm done. I'm going to transition out of this role. That requires so much courage. And you did that. Nobody did that for you. You did that. Congratulations. I'm so thrilled for you. And I'm so appreciative of your willingness to come and share your story with everyone. Thank you. Yes. And thank you so much, Whitney, for just creating the space for this community. It has been transformational. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Masters in Travel. 
If you loved today's conversation as much as I did, please take a moment to leave a review, subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and be sure to share this podcast with an advisor who's ready to level up their travel business. If you want more, head over to beamasterintravel.com. On our website, you'll find a free resource library for travel advisors, free community forums where you can ask questions and support your colleagues, and courses and workshops in the Academy Marketplace to support your learning and development as a business owner and as a professional travel advisor. On our website, you can also learn about the Masters in Travel community and think tank, a private community where we collaborate, strategize, and ideate together with advisors working towards similar goals and tackling similar challenges. Learn more and join our community at beamasterintravel.com.